have kind of an open conversation, but if you would like to ask questions in a more anonymous way, uh, many of you know that we do this all the time. Um, just go to slido.com uh, and go to um, enter the event code MWITC, Midweek in the City, MWITC, and click join, and I'll um, see who sent it, and I will publicize the name. No, I won't. Um, and uh, it'll just be... Yeah, that's how... Yeah, we don't do anonymity well. No, um, if if you if you would like either to you know just have a, your question written down because it makes you helps you think about it better, or if you want to do it anonymously, or you can put your name on it, whatever it doesn't matter. Um, then you can certainly that's always an option. Okay, slido.com. Um, what? Let's talk about these table questions just a little bit. What do you say to somebody who says, who has a very puzzling expression like Andrea? and says, um, puzzled expression, not puzzling expression, um, and says, what was God thinking? You know, how do you defend, how do you, how do you, um, how do you still give credence to a God who would make a world like this? What, what do you say? Or have, is that your own question? I mean, do you wrestle with that? What, how do you respond to that? First question. Okay, I'm getting some mental telepathy answers here. This is better than Slido, actually. These questions are coming in. No, but think about it. Yes? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Why does you say love doesn't exist without choice? What, what do you mean by that? Say more. Uh huh. Yeah. Ah. Okay. Right. Thrives. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. God, okay. Doesn't doesn't that come with a big downside though, which is the world that we have? Okay, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Okay, uh, yes. Okay. All right. So we're the culprit. And is that what you're saying? We are the instigators. Okay. All right. All right. Any other thoughts on this? Yes. Yeah. It's kind of messy. Gray matter everywhere. Uh, okay. 
Yeah. It's a lot of metaphors together. Can of worms, Pandora's box. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Blah, blah, blah is your favorite verse too? Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's... Right, right. Oh, you know what? Speaking of that, you're right. Nobody wants to hear that when they're going through suffering. My thought, that was one of my father's go-to passages of Scripture, and it nearly drove my mother insane because things would be just falling apart, you know, or in, around the house or just things, events you, that would get her so stressed, you know, a lot of stress, and he'd go, count it all joy. And she, it would just, she didn't. <laughs> so, anyway, so I've lived that. Um, yeah. It was a pear. It was a pear. It's not an apple. Is a banana. Um, okay, I get it. Pandora's box. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I know. You're right. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Okay, yes, Hillary. Uh, yeah. That's right. That's right. That's a, what do you do? And, and that's exactly right. There are different qualities of suffering, aren't there? I mean, there, we have, we do have and the Bible talks about this too, but we, we have suffering that comes about by somebody's will, you know. You know, if, some, if suffering, or, or we have just things, we, we don't know why. You know, a rogue, I, one time is a rogue wind, you know, sometimes just winds blow in a certain way in our lives, and we don't know, we don't ever know why. And, and it was, this was Job's thing, and his friends, you know, would say, "Well, surely you must have done something wrong." And that is that talk about not helpful. That's, you know, I'm suffering, and you're asking me to do this, you know, inventory of what went wrong. It doesn't matter, you know, because I'm, I'm suffering. I've lost everything. Yes. Oh, yeah. Hey. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. Mm. So you're talking about the 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 redemptive um, dimension of suffering, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Is there? Were we made, you know, to suffer, you know, or were, were we made for something different? Yeah, caused by somebody's action or. Yeah. So put, and that's a great question. I mean, and that necessarily enters into it. Is God permitting? Is He authoring this? You know, what what is He doing? And I, there are varying opinions on that subject. And of course, you hear this gets into you know questions of free will and so forth. Um, but um, what about the second question? What put yourself in the put the put your creator's hat on? What kind of world? And I'm really serious. What kind of you know you you? I don't mean you know. I would make a world where we could all just fly, you know, instead of walk everywhere. Now I'm not talking about that. What kind of world would you make? If you, I keep thinking of that woodchuck thing, and that's not what I mean it to sound like. But um, what what kind of world would you make if you could make a world? Okay, this world it is. All right, hope you, hope everybody's happy. Uh, Ooh. Mm. Mm. So there's Andrew, you're talking a little bit about um, a, finding a purpose in in moving forward and growing in knowledge and and wisdom. Then maybe if we have something to find out about, you know. So okay, um, you wouldn't change a thing, Lindley. You said. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Keep in mind, of course, and this is for, you know, uh, people who are, for the believer, for people who who do name uh, 
consider themselves disciples of Jesus Christ, the, our Lord suffered, you know. So, um, so yeah. <laughs> Save it for November. Uh, okay. Um, I, the world. Um, <clears throat> why would it? Why would that be wrong? Yeah, if you t if you and, and I'm really, I'm right. Okay, so ability to make a morally informed choice. Um, okay, hold that thought. If did you have a? Okay. Oh my gosh. I I have an idea how I would make a new world. Uh but uh no, I'm kidding. Just a joke. It's a joke. It's a complete joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's I was going to say I would eradicate I would I would not make me and then then I wouldn't uh See, that's a great save. Okay, uh, all right, here, think about this question. And it is a trick question, or it could be a trick question. You know, people often say, it's not a trick question. Well, this, this is a trick question, if you look at it from one standpoint. Is the world really, before, wait a minute, before I say that, Often, when we're, if you've ever been a part of a church or a Sunday school or a Bible study group or I don't know, whatever, in which the, um, I'm going to teach you how to share your faith in, you know, five easy steps or, or whatever. And there are a bunch of these kind of plans, you know, lying around that, you know, systems of sharing faith and evangelizing and so forth. But often, what we say is something along the lines of the world is broken. And one day, you know, God will fix it, and I want you to be there, and the only way you can be there is accepting Christ. Um, something along those lines. But here's the question I have. Is the world really broken? Take out a number two lead pencil. No stray marks. You have 45 seconds. Um, is the world really broken? Man is broken, not the world. Okay. So, 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 so,
Well, and, and now I'm not necessarily talking about, and maybe I should have explained, I'm not necessarily talking about the, the, the planet, you know, this rocky planet that's third from the sun, you know. Uh, I'm I'm talking about just the wor- the world the 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 experience that we live in yeah and so so but but granted okay I think Laura that you're you're talking about the way of life being cursed okay Shelley you said man is broken not the world say more about that. Okay, so we are broken, all right? Andrew, what, what did you say? The world of, of the soul? Got it, okay. <clears throat> Uh, okay. All right. All right. Okay. The y'all are really bearing down on these questions and they're it's we're all thinking here and this is good. Um Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Did the world become a little more ferocious and and hard to hostile, perhaps, to human life um, with that curse? <clears throat> Let me let me let me ask a question or posit a thought here. What if what if the world is actually working exactly as it was designed? In other words, what if this is the best of all possible worlds? Yes. I'm defining as world the. Um, the experience of living uh, humans and animals and the the world as we experience it, the life that we experience. Well, okay, all right, but but before you, this is not heaven. I don't think you know you could make a case for that necessarily. And you could probably come up with several reasons why at this point, but um, but just think here. What if the world is actually working the way it was designed? Now consider, 
and some of you have have touched on this in in your answer, but we need to run it all the way to the ground here. Um, <clears throat> what does it take for someone to become good? Now, some of you may be tempted to say, well, you accept Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, you know, okay, I'm not going to argue with that. Of course, that uh, allegiance to Christ, we would say, is the way that we learn to live an eternal kind of life. But that, that's not, that's not going to get you off the hook of this question. What does it take for someone to become good? Well, it's interesting you ask that, Shelley, because we have corrupted, I think, the definition of the word good or the concept of good. Good is, is um, whether we know it or not, it's what we're all striving for. We're striving for a, a life that is secure. We're striving for a life uh, in which we are we can know and be known in which we can love and be loved in which we can serve and be served you know i'm talking about good in its essence i'm not talking about aesthetically good i'm not talking um I, i'm Although that's tied to that because some people seek the good in, you know, how things appear to be, you know, aesthetically or whatever. I, I, I hear you. I hear you. Oh, okay. But if a person in heaven, let's just follow your train of thought, is good... I mean, is it magic? Is it just the person just went bing? You know, or the person, if, if you say, well, you have to accept Christ and then die and then go to heaven, so the path to goodness is death. Is that, so what does it take for a person to be, to undergo transformation to good? Mm. Probably. Uh, I mean, I, that sounds, I mean, well, I think you're on, I, I think, let's think about this. Uh, I think we do get, what do you mean by baggage? We get weighed down with what? Yeah. Yeah. And I was there. Yeah. Uh, I sort of remember the the hill. Some of you do. I know. Um, okay. Right. Well, good. But but let's talk about that baggage and the burdens and the crud and the baggage and I just said baggage already. What? 
Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Granted. But let's let's talk. Even Jesus grew in wisdom. So you would you could say even Jesus something that is good, right? He became more of what is good. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. That's what the scripture says. And and by all measures, we would say that is increasing. That that is um, that is a person who is increasing in what is good, or we might say becoming, you know, good. So, what does that take? What does it take for a person to become good? And again, to to Shelley's point, what is good? Well. It's, it's all the things that secure a, a joyful, um, safe, emotionally close life where you, again, can love and be loved and know and be known. Mm-hmm. Right, because we, we, we redefine good, don't we? If I can get, we say, I want to be secure, so we, we try to secure financially or, or aesthetically or socially. And often, you, you know this, you know this, don't you? When, when you try to grab for these things, often pain results from those things. When, when you try to advance yourself, and I'm not saying that you're a narcissist. I'm saying whenever you try to advance your place in the world, even if it's just to say, I, I want to have a solid, you know, income, or I want to have, I want to have some friends, or I want, you know, I mean, this is not, people aren't going to go, boo, you're a loser because you want friends. They're not bad things to pursue. You want to work for a living. Oh, you're gross. No, these are good things. You want to be secure. You want to, and so, but the thing, the ways that we try to go about that often backfire miserably. They 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 make us really miserable. You felt pressure at work, you know. You felt the competition there. You have felt sometimes alienated in your own family, who you hope to be emotionally close to. You have felt the sting of friendships go south. You know that you uh, feel inadequate often and you don't, I mean, so you, we have these places in the world that goes terribly awry. So we seek what is good. We want to be happy and uh, secure. And all those things are, that's the good, y'all. It's often the way we go about it that causes the most pain. We get the addictions result. Or uh, alienation, and you know, on and on. All right. So, how does a person become good? Um. Let's take let's take Christ for a moment. Okay, we are told 
that he grew in wisdom and stature, Luke tells us, stature, and in favor with God and man. Um, what do you suppose caused Christ, caused Jesus Christ to grow in this way towards the good? How did Jesus grow in that way? Towards the good. So when he was seven years old, he was going, God, send me a sign. I need a sign. You know, I mean, is that, I'm just, I'm really asking. Or was he, is that, so we should all pray more? Is that the question? Is that the answer? At age six, when he was, that's six years later. Mm, he had a family. What did his family do? I don't care. You're Jesus. Do whatever you want to do. What did his family do? Okay. Now we're getting somewhere. Say more about that. They guided him. Jesus, no. I'm, I mean, okay. All right. Y'all, Jesus wasn't a little super kid. He was a human being. He was divine, is divine, and he is also human. a human. 100% in both. So, But what you're what you're saying is background. You're saying there he had a family. He had a he had parents who were in charge of his upbringing. So what does a parent teach? What does a mentor? What does a mentor lead a person towards? Okay, but what is a what does a mentor elicit from his or her mentee? You will respect me. Okay, so the parent or the mentor, huh? What? How does the mentor teach grow? What has to be done? What? What? Okay, how do we avail ourselves? How do we activate right from wrong? Yeah. Bye. You you've you said it before. You said the word before. You have to you have right and wrong. What do you do? You yes. So there is a moral there is a moral responsibility. There's a moral choice that you're that you're taught through your culture through or or more particularly through parents, through family, through mentors. But all of this background is here. And the world, 
works in a, this way across cultures. I mean, nobody leaves a baby out in the wilderness and says, make good choices. You know, <laughs> nobody does that because, because they are, because they are, gui- no, I'm serious. I mean, they are guided by uh, people who form them, okay? So what does it take for someone, a development of moral character? Jesus himself learned to choose the good. What was the other choice that was possible? The bad. Um, Jesus... And, and Jesus chose what is good because he had a choice. He chose. The same with you and me. If we do not have the opportunity to choose, how can moral character develop? And I'm really asking. Can it? It, I would say it's impossible. You're shaking your heads no, and I think that's quite right. We, huh? What? Yeah, we. I'm, but that doesn't shape the character. Does it? If you're only relying on to do, I mean, it wasn't this, and I, it wasn't this the Nazis, you know? We were only following orders. It was right for us to follow orders because we had this hierarchy of command. That does nothing in developing moral character. Now, it is necessary for a person to say, especially a parent, to say, do this. Jesus, no. Uh, you know, or whatever. But at some point, uh, the, the, the mentor or the parent says, what do you think? You know, why? Why am I telling you to do this? Why would I say this rather than that? You know, and, and there's a dialogue and there's a give and take and, and moral character develops only because a person has a choice. And so, if a person can choose the good, then the possibility exists of choosing the bad. If there were no choice, and it will cycle back to this again, if there were no choice, could you develop as a moral person? Mm-hmm. Here, okay. If well, God said you are to eat from. You can eat from every tree except that one. Now, why do you suppose that was? Because what? He get because 
Because God knows that unless those choices exist, what happens? There is no good. It was a grape. A pear? Where'd you get that? It was a vine. In the shape of a tree. Yeah. No. No. Okay. But but seriously, it this is we we look at this as arbitrary. It's not arbitrary. We don't, I mean, it wasn't, you know, the Lord said you shall eat of every, uh, you can eat, you may eat of every tree, but that tree, um, we don't know that he would have said that a hundred years later because maybe the moral character would have been formed that they could have partaken of that tree without adverse consequences. We don't know, but at the time, depending on the state of the people who were in their infancy morally, this was the forming of moral character. Something that would harm you um, morally needs to, to be guarded against. But you have a choice. Well, but that's the good, isn't it? That's part of the good. Well, with, without the... Okay. When, when you say the world is broken, what, what is true is that it, it's probably more true that we impose a, a messed up system on the world, but the world is actually functioning as it was designed to function. Actions have consequences. That's exactly how it was designed to function. So we haven't broken the world. We have just lived in the consequences. But it is, and the reason I said, say, what if this is the best of all possible worlds? Listen, if we didn't, if the possibility of evil did not exist, then we would not have a choice. And we could not develop in moral character because unless good is freely chosen, then you can never develop into the kind of person who moves toward the good. If, you, if that's the only way you could ever go, then you would not have a choice and you would not, and you would not be like God. You would not really even be human. To be human is to have rational capabilities of choosing between the good and the evil and to have moral character means to learn to desire what is good. God is not the author of evil, but He is the author of the possibility of evil. Because there is no other way. He's not the author of evil, but He knows that unless the possibility exists that we can not choose the good, then we will not develop in the way that we are created to, to develop and to live. In fact, not only will we not develop in the way that is good, we won't live. 
we will die. So this is the best of all possible worlds in that sense. Not in the, not in the consequences, but in the structure of how it's created. This is the best of all possible worlds. Do you see, do you, I mean, if you I mean, push back on that. So, if you do something about this evil in the world, or, or if you're quick to blame God for that, or if anybody else is for that matter, if somebody says, how could, it, how could God have made a world like this? You could say, you could say, well, what are you doing about it? Because we all are culpable in choosing what leads to suffering. We are the ones who impose our will on the world. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, caveat, caveat, caveat. Okay, but what? But what? No, 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 no. I don't mean going up to somebody who is who is who has who is suffering with MS and go This is, you know, what did what did you, you know, what did you do for instance, you know, to be cursed by God in this way? This is Job's friends. That's what they said to him. Or what is your what is your part? What this is for somebody who is raising the issue. Why did you know often in a manner that is hostile uh, to God from the outset, or hostile to religion, or whatever? Not to get into an argument with them, but you say yes, there is suffering in the world. But first of all, how would you have made the world? In how would you have made a world in which people can choose good? And they say, well, I would, I would make a world in which there was no possibility of suffering or evil. And then you'd go, well, you can't choose good then. What are we doing here? Okay. Yeah. We, we, can, we can continue this later, but listen to this. The reason I say this has a link to witnessing is this. When, when we say to people... Um, the world's broken, but God can make it better. I think we have to be really careful. I think we, we don't give God enough credit. And we diminish Him often in people's eyes. If we want to present a, a Savior that is beautiful, we say, here is a God who has made a world in which it's possible to become good. And Christ is that that can lead you there. Uh huh. Blame for the bad things. Uh huh. Well, I I agree. Sure. We can, when bad things happen, we say there is, there is a, 
this is not the end of the story. There's a larger world than just this instance of suffering. Yes? Proofs in the proofs in the pudding. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think you can do better than that. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. That's right. Right. Well, and two things. One, we don't know why there are particular instances of suffering. We do know why there is suffering. There is suffering because we live in a world in which um, we get to be taught what is truly good. And suffering is part of um, so you're right particular instances we don't know but why is Christ with us in suffering because he he is intent upon teaching us to be good this is what it means to be redeemed through suffering um, so yes that is extremely important he doesn't forsake us in the middle of suffering because he because he has an abiding interest to teach us to become good. That's right. That's right. Now, when we say to people, uh, Jesus Christ is the one who can lead you to be good. Uh, and it can only happen in a world like we have. then we, we have the opportunity to stand with the prophets and paint a picture of that world that can come in the future. And it's the picture that I read at the very beginning of this, or the scripture that I read at the very beginning of our time tonight from Isaiah. And he said, it's Isaiah chapter 11 says he says basically Isaiah says imagine a world in which 
The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together. And a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together. The lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the hole of the cobra. And the young child put his hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Now that is some prophetic imagination. And what if imagination is our best witness? What if we daily envision a world, what a world, what the world could be as people move toward the good? This is exactly what the prophets were saying. This is the kind of world that could be and that will be and that must be. And that's the kind of world that we need to paint for people because that, that's the world that's coming. And I want you to be there. And I want you to be there. And I want... Okay, the end. Um... Think about these things, okay? Pray around tables, and let's have a Valentine's party next week, okay? Pray for one another.